Hi there. I'm continuing with teachings from Acts 4. And I'm going to be reading today from Acts 4.23 through verse 33. And we're going to be talking about the desire for more boldness that the disciples had as they grew in numbers, but as they continued to have growing opposition. So they were praying for more. And let me begin by reading from Acts 4, starting at verse 23, and then we'll talk about these verses. On their release, now Peter and John had been jailed, and then they were released. So on their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David, and said these words. Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. What your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, filled with the Holy Spirit, and spoke the word of God boldly. All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them that there were no needy persons among them. And that ends this reading. In verse 23, it says, On their release, they went back to their own people. Piercing line, isn't it? You know, the rulers and the leaders of the Sanhedrin were supposed to be their people. I mean, they were supposed to be Jewish people, all looking for the Messiah to come in the same way at the same time. But the disciples had seen and they knew that Jesus was the Messiah, but the rulers and authorities had closed their hearts and they did not want to lose their power. So they were not open to this. So now they were one group. And the disciples were a different group, and they went back to their own people, those who were following Christ and believing that he was Messiah and Lord. You notice in this passage a couple of times, we'll get to it in each verse, but Jesus is called the anointed. 
the Messiah, the Christ. He's the anointed one, the one they had been waiting for for so many centuries. He was it. And so those who believed that now were in a group, and they were separated from their rulers and the authorities, the ones who should have been teaching them, the ones who should have been showing them the way had not. So back to their own people. In Acts 4.23, it says, And they reported all that these chief priests and elders had said to them. Now, we know what was said about them behind their back, because the, these leaders were just flummoxed by what to do with these, these passionate people. <laughs> They're just so full of fire and such a thorn in our side. What are we going to do with these guys? So they have their own little private meeting, and they talk about this. What are we going to do with them? Everyone living in Jerusalem knows they have performed a notable sign, and we cannot deny it. Well, <laughs> what do you think of that? In private, they were saying there has been something that has occurred. A lame man was healed by the beautiful gate, and he was made able to walk. It was a notable sign. You know, When you have somebody for 40 years who cannot walk, and by the power of God, the name of Jesus, and that man is touched, and he gets up. And not only is he walking, but he's leaping. That is a notable sign. And even these rulers in private acknowledged each other. We can't deny this. And isn't that an amazing thing? <laughs> They're aware it's happened, and they've seen the healed man. He's been before them. And yet they won't rejoice in a healing. That that is a bizarre thing, but we see it even today sometimes where there are miracles, there are wonderful things that happen because of God, and there are those who will not receive it. They are blind to it. Well, they go on to say, but to stop this thing from spreading further among the people, we must warn them to speak no longer in this name. So they're going to say, you cannot, and once again, they're going to try this. <laughs> they're going to say, you cannot mention this name. You cannot teach this material. And so when they brought the disciples to their presence, again, after this private meeting among the rulers, when they brought them to them, in verse 18, they said to them, do not speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But, what did Peter and John say in response? They said, which is right in God's eyes to listen to you or to him? You be the judges. As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and what we have heard. What raw, wonderful courage. They're like Jeremiah. You know, he's, when Jeremiah said, if I, if I don't speak these things, it's going to be a fire in my bones. I have to let this thing out of me. And that's the very thing going on with the disciples. There is something in us that we cannot stop or contain. We must speak of the Lord. He's a fire within us. We are burning for the things that matter to him. We must say them. We must do them. The Holy Spirit in us compels us to live like Christ. And so that's their response. And we're not, we're, you know, we, we are taught in the Bible respect for authority. And this is a, uh, an important thing to balance out. You know, we're taught to pray for rulers. We're taught respect for authority. But there are also moments, this was one of them, where Peter and John said, we are compelled 
to speak the truth. And we are compelled to act with Christ's mercy. When we see someone who's lame, when we see someone who's blind, we're not going to stand there and say, "Uh uh-oh, I might get in trouble. We're going to say, in the name of Jesus, be healed. Walk, see, hear. We're going to say it because that is the kingdom breaking in, and we are part of that kingdom. So that was their response to the rulers. We cannot stop ourselves. So they get back to, as it says in the passage, their own people. And so what's the response of the people when they get back? Now, you know, sometimes uh, people's response, even believers, can be, if we do that, we get in trouble. (laughs) If we do that, something bad might happen to us. I, I hate to say that. I'm going to be blunt, though. Sometimes we can let fear govern what we choose to do, right? But we mustn't. (laughs) We mustn't let fear be the guideline for what we choose to do. And I'm happy to say, as I look at my my forefathers and foremothers, they didn't respond with fear. They didn't hold back. They didn't say, what if? Their response was that they, when they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Now, it doesn't just say they prayed. They raised their voices in prayer to God. They began to command and to declare and to pray a prayer of faith. This is really an important thing that, you know, we get established in our hearts, the goodness of God and the capacity of God, so that when we pray, we're not praying with um anxiety, fear, and uh, a belief that nothing's going to happen. I mean, of course we get scared. I don't mean that we don't. We do sometimes. Things happen, and they're just very frightening. We have to have a moment to feel our feelings. But what is wonderful, then, is in the next moment, we can collect ourselves like these disciples and raise our voices and to begin to declare who God is and what his word says. Those kinds of prayers get us steadied, reestablished and moving forward in what we need to do in the next moment. So their prayer was this. They said, Sovereign Lord, you made the heavens and the earth and the seas and everything in them. They began to recall for themselves in order to be strong, in order not to be daunted by this opposition and these orders to be silent. They began to recall who God is. You made the heavens and you made the earth and the seas and everything in them. And you spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. And in that moment in their prayer, they begin to recall Psalm 2, verses 1 and 2. And they begin to pray that back to God, his own words. We know how effective that can be if we take scripture and begin to pray it back to the Lord, his very words. So they're praying, and they say, Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up, and the rulers band together. And that's a a direct picture of what had been happening in Jerusalem. Even when Jesus was arrested, Herod and Pontius Pilate banding together, and they're going to say that in a moment in this prayer. But now these rulers, these religious rulers who should have been the fathers of the people, Leading them, leading them in the right way. Instead, they were power-hungry people with 
uh, a worship for their own precepts and doctrines and rituals. But the psalm continues on. Their prayer continued on with Psalm 2. The rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one. And they say in their next words, Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in the city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. So they recall in their prayer what has been happening. Herod and Pontius Pilate had met together with the Gentiles, the people of Israel. All had banded together to conspire against Jesus. They did what your power and your will had decided beforehand should happen. And there is a beautiful truth. Jesus was not caught off guard. This was not something that God was unprepared for. It was not uh, human beings getting the upper hand for the moment. God had planned this before the beginning of time. We can read scriptures. For instance, here's one. God shows us in him, Jesus, before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and blameless before him, before the foundation of the world. The plan was already set that humanity would fall and God would come in and rescue us in Jesus Christ. So this was not something that God said, oh, why didn't I see that coming? (laughs) That's not how it worked. God knew he would need to rescue us from sin, and he had a plan, and the plan was Jesus Christ. So the next thing that the people said in their prayer, they said, Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. I love this so much. Boldness, holy boldness. That's what they're praying for, that they would speak in such a powerful and fearless way, even in the face of the threats. That I mean, that is an amazing line when they say, Lord, consider their threats and in the face of them enable us to speak your word, not our words, but enable us to speak your word, to choose our moments, to say it with conviction, to say it well, and to be bold in the face of threats. Help us to lay down our lives, they were saying, and truly take up yours, and just whatever, wherever the chips may fall, help us, Lord, to be your people who speak your word with boldness. Then in verse 30, they say this, Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your servant Jesus. What's happening in all of this is they're praying for the increase of boldness, yes, but they're praying for an increase of God's presence on them, among them. They're praying for greater glory, (laughs) right? To be on this earth, for more of God, to be in everything. And this is a very important line in their prayer. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of Jesus. You know, it's a marvelous thing when you are in meetings, in worship settings, um, 
I mean, with people gathered together who love the Lord and who are worshiping and praising him, and you begin to see miracles are happening, right? Before anyone even lays a hand on someone or prays for them, someone will say, ah, I was just worshiping, and wow, that pain went away, or, you know, the stomach ache is gone. The Lord healed me. Amen? <laughs> yes, I, I went one time. I was headed out to Arizona for a meeting at Rosh Hashanah that time of year, September. It was a couple years ago. And I was about to get on the plane, and I had a toothache. <laughs> and I was praying, oh, Lord, this isn't good. This is really painful. And I I need healing for this. I'm going to this meeting and then I'm staying in Arizona for a few days. Help me. And the pain wasn't lessening. And I thought, well, appointment with the dentist for 10 days when I come back. <laughs> I called the dentist line, said, can you come in right now? I said, no, I can't. I'm, I'm, I'm two steps away from the getting on the plane. But when I got to Arizona, it was an amazing thing. When I got to the the uh, place where the meeting was going to be, I felt the presence of the Lord so powerfully in that place. And when I entered the meeting so powerfully in that meeting that the toothache went away in the, just the presence of worship and praise in the presence of the glory of the Lord. So this line to me makes such sense. Oh, Lord, stretch out your hand and heal in the name of your son, Jesus. The next verse in verse 31 in Acts 4, it says that after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God boldly. I want to say a word about that. When we are baptized in the Holy Spirit, we are filled with the Spirit. The Spirit comes to indwell us. The Holy Spirit is in us. We're not chasing him down all the time. We are the temple of the Spirit, and he lives in us. But there's a way in which his manifest glory and his presence comes upon us in even greater measure. We can ask of that, Lord, your glory. Let me move in more of it. So as these believers prayed, the place was shaken like an earthquake happened out of their powerful prayers and their powerful requests. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word boldly. Well, the last two verses in this passage, all the believers were one in heart and mind. That's an amazing effect of the Holy Spirit. When people are really sensitive and receiving and connecting with the Holy Spirit, there's a unity that comes out of that. We can't artificially make it happen. That's not a human thing. We can pretend. We can pretend and play nice. But true unity of the human heart, people really meshing together and moving together, though diverse, moving as one, that's a product of the Holy Spirit and his presence with us and on us. So that is where they were. They were united in heart. They were sharing things. They were really, truly loving and taking care of each other because of the spirit in them and on them. And Acts 4.33 says this, with great power, note that, not just power, <laughs> but with great power, 
the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and God's grace was so powerfully at work in them that there were no needy persons among them. This whole passage speaks to increase, to more and more of the Holy Spirit, to greater boldness, to greater infilling of the Holy Spirit, to greater sense of the presence of the Lord, to the greater glory being with them. All of it's more. It's a wonderful passage, a wonderful passage of increase. And so when we look through the book of Acts, you're going to find that this word boldness is a frequent word in this book, that boldness is something that comes with the Holy Spirit, came to the disciples, and can come to us. We too can pray this, O Sovereign Lord, fill us, enable us in the presence of every difficulty, every threat, everything that seems to want to knock us off base and distract us and discourage us. Fill us, Lord, with boldness too, and help us to continue to trust that you are our Lord, but as the disciples prayed, our sovereign Lord. You are Lord over all things, and God will make us bold in the face of all that. Well, that ends this particular passage, and thank you so much. God's mercy so amazes me to every generation he gives the joy of his salvation